Welcome back to another episode of Amigas Con Ganas. If you are new to this podcast, <laughs> welcome. <laughs> we're so happy to have you join this conversation. Today, we're talking about Enneagram. So, for some of you who don't know what an Enneagram is, it's, um, it's basically a personality type. So there's nine different types of personalities. Um, there's the reformer, which is personality one. Personality two is the helper. Personality three is the achiever. Personality four is the individualist. Five is the investigator. Six, the loyalist. Seven, the enthusiast. Eight, the challenger. And nine, the peacemaker. tells you who you are but more than just like your more than just horoscope or any of the other stuff that's out there Mm -hmm. the reason why I like it is because it talks about like who you are currently and like some of your childhood traumas and wounds that have brought you to who you are currently so why you are this person so oftentimes it's like from coping mechanisms as a child mm-hmm. um and then it talks about where your growth points are so when you're at your most healthiest and you're you're um you're growing and expanding and then where your stress points stress points are so like how you show up when you feel overwhelmed or stressed or you don't know how to handle a situation um what kind of behaviors do you default to yeah. So that was a lot of information. That was a lot of information. Sorry. <laughs> but that's what we're talking about today. So this is actually my passion. Yeah. And so for, I mean, Jay just already broke down what Enneagrams are. I had no idea what Enneagrams are. And I don't shut up about them. She talks about them all the time. All she the posts time. about them all the time. Yeah. So basically, it's just kind of like those tests where it tells you not necessarily like you are this person and this is your destiny. No, yeah. like the way Jade breaks it down, it's like this is who you are right now. Mm-hmm. And this is also a second personality that you hold because we all have, I feel like the way I understand this is we all have that second personality that we're trying to work like on. Like your shadow side. Yeah, like we're trying to work on. Shadow side. So oh, it's okay. like this. Like, the not best version of yourself. So, yeah. That you're trying... Is it the one that you're trying to work on? Yeah. So, like... Okay. For example, I'm an Enneagram 8. Mm-hmm. And most people go, oh, when they hear that I'm an Enneagram 8. What's an 8 again? An 8 is the, the challenger. challenger. Yes. So you're definitely that person. I'm powerful, dominating, self-confident, decisive, willful, and confrontational. Oh, yeah. That's you, Jake. <laughs> that is definitely you. So, like... Part of being, so each one, it's so complicated to just explain on a podcast because there's so many visuals that need to go through it. An eight, a nine, and a one are called the anger triads. So Mm -hmm. we operate from a place of anger. So an eight is okay tapping into their anger. Like, I am so okay tapping into my anger. If I'm angry about something, like, boom, it's out, it's gone. All right, now how do we move forward? So you, like, confront it and you fix it. Move forward. Move towards it. Right. I'm not like that. Yeah. I, I fucking avoid that shit. You made me angry. I don't want to talk about it. Anymore. Yeah, because you are a one. I <laughs> believe a, you are a one. A one? A is one is a reformer. Okay. So you're rational, idealistic, principled, purposeful, self-controlled, and a perfectionist. Yep. 
So because you're a one, you think that anger is not something that you need to exhibit because it's out of control and it's not quote unquote perfect. And I think that's where that self-control comes in. And I'm like, okay, I'm just not going to get into it. I will let it be. You avoid. Yep. I, I definitely do that. Yeah. Now nines are called the peacemakers and it's funny that they're in the anger triad, but they're pushing down their anger because they don't want to disrupt things. They don't want to shake things up. They don't want to bring attention to themselves in the sense of like anger. Mm-hmm. Um, so although we are in the anger triad, we still are always focusing on like how to, like one eights. Eights are like, yep, I'm angry. Nines are like, no, let's not be angry. Let's avoid the anger. Ones are, we're not angry because it's not perfect. <laughs> Yeah. Does that make sense? Yeah. I mean, yeah, I can see that. Me not being angry because it's not perfect. (laughs) Yeah. And so then there's the next group, which is two, threes, and fours. Two, threes, and fours are twos are the helpers. Most, a lot of people that we work with actually are twos. Mm -hmm. So they're caring, they're interpersonal, they are generous, people pleasing, and possessive. But on the shadow side of that, There's a lot of codependency that happens there. Mm -hmm. There's a lot of like, um, um, rather than you help, rather than me help you or you help me, how do I help you? And then there's a martyr kind of syndrome. Like I helped you. And you're like, whoa, I didn't ask you to help. Like, (laughs) (laughs) whoa, nobody asked. You just helped. Um, And so that's, that's a two. And a lot of, I find a lot of women are twos. Mm -hmm. Threes are achievers, so these people often get confused with um, with um, eights. So they're really they're success oriented, oriented, pragmatic, adaptive, excelling, and they're image conscious. So a lot of um, CEOs will be threes or eights, uh-huh. and they are not in the anger triad. Uh, what are they in? I can't remember off the top of my head. Well, let's find out because they're not. Um, they're not in the anger triad. They're in the three achievers. I think maybe they're maybe optimistic. No, I'm not. I don't know anything about enneagrams. I'm just inputting a thought in here, guys. No yeah. me. But Jade's going to find out what threes are. I think maybe they're more optimistic. Not that they're anger, that they're more happy about maybe mistakes. Me over here just baffling off. Yeah, they're in the feeling center. So okay. they feel the things. So like the achiever feels like feels worthy when they are when they are helping. Mm-hmm. The the sorry, the helper feels worthy when they are helping. The achiever feels um feels like I can't put this into word. When you are successful, they are successful because you are a reflection of them. Okay. And then the fours are individualists who a lot of like artists are fours, not to stereotype, but they're like very sensitive, withdrawn, expressive, dramatic, self-absorbed and temperamental. So those are folks who are like, I'm so different. You just don't understand. Oh my God. Like I'm a four. Yeah. (laughs) So they feel all of these things. Okay, what about fives? Fives, six, and sevens are in the, and this is where I have a lot of hard time. These are folks that are head-based, and then they are a lot about um, not feeling, not thinking, but fearing. 
Okay. So fives are really intense. They're cerebral, perceptive, innovative, secretive, and isolated. So a lot of introverts are fives. A lot of data collectors are fives. Like um, a lot of people even on the spectrum sometimes are fives, like the autistic spectrum, because they're like, they're almost at their most, um, at the most base level, they could be like very like collecting data Mm-hmm. like data collectors like almost robotic so what what are they called fives yeah they're called the investigator okay and then sixes sixes are like the number i have the hardest time with they're called the loyalist so they're committed security oriented security oriented engaging responsive anxious and suspicious so sixes um are very fearful so they're the they're the type that have a a lot of anxiety about things. They're thinking through all the different ways something can go wrong and thinking about all the ways they can prevent, like, something wrong from happening. So they'll have a plan A, plan B, plan C, plan D, all the things. Mm -hmm. Um, And because they don't want to be surprised by an outcome they couldn't control. Okay. Sevens are enthusiasts. So they're bossy, fun-loving, spontaneous, versatile, distractible and scattered sevens are usually my friends i'm also (laughs) have a wing seven so sevens talk a lot about like they have a lot of fomo Mm -hmm. they don't want to miss out they want to be part of the fun but in that sometimes they're the people who are like and then i'm going to do this and then i'm going to do this and i'm going to do this and i'm going to do this (laughs) and they never quite do any of those things okay does that make sense yeah it's funny because when you're stressed actually in your growth as a one you go to seven Okay. You let go of all the perfectionist shit and you actually move towards like, just let it go. And yeah. like, let's just be in the moment. I can see that. I can see me trying to do that. <laughs> well, you do do that. And so seven, five, six, and sevens are always like some type of head fear control based. Okay. Yeah. And then we already talked about eight, nines, and ones. So eight's the challenger and nine is a peacemaker. Yep. So... So what, what brought you to this, Jade? Like, when did you get into this? Because I for sure did not know anything about Enneagrams. Yeah. And I didn't know about it until you brought it up to me. So in grad school, okay, um, we used to do these things called T-groups. And so T-groups are it's literally, everybody hates that they go, this is the worst thing. It's called sensitivity training because <laughs> we all need it. But really, you're in a room. Um, you sit in a circle. And basically, it's all about naming your feelings and how when someone's actions, how that impacts you and how it made you feel and asking them to change behaviors. Okay. So this was this was part of our training because as you go out and you work with large organizations, you're going to work with a lot of different personality types. Oh, definitely. <laughs> and the goal is to be able to have conversations with each one of those personality types and leaders Uh and figure out, okay, so what is this person focusing on? What is their background? What is going on here? And how can I, as a consultant, come in here and speak to this person in a way so that I can better this organization? So in order to do that, sometimes you have to model behaviors that people aren't doing. So for example, like if you're sitting in a meeting and someone rolls their eyes, how do you then have that conversation with that person after the meeting and say like, Hey, yeah, when you rolled your eyes at me in that meeting, it made me feel like 
dismissed uh-huh. in the future. Next time you feel like I'm not, I'm, and next time you feel that whatever I'm saying is not adding something positive or something that you would like to this conversation, can you not roll your eyes at me? Or can you pull me aside after the meeting and tell me? Yeah. So, so having like control over your your responses and yeah. emotions. But at the same time, staying on your side of it, like we call it staying on your side of the net. Uh-huh. So like if you have a problem with something, you're stating your problem with it, not projecting your shit onto the other person and saying like you, when you rolled your eyes, you are rude and blah, 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 blah. You're not talking about who they are as a person. You're saying like, this is actually how, when your actions did to me. Yeah. So very healthy. Yeah. And from what it sounds like, it's like, it sounds like if you are a person who's going into personal growth, mm-hmm. personal development, and all that good stuff that everybody's into nowadays because we all want to better ourselves, mm-hmm. Enneagrams would be, like, for you to discover where you are in that personal growth and how to get better at the stuff that yeah. you are – the stuff that's holding you back from being the best, ver- the best version of yourself. Oh, yeah, that's exactly what Is that is. what it is? Because yeah. it sounds like everybody has, like – I feel like a lot of personal books just target a person, uh, a certain personality, and people have a really hard time achieving what's in those books. Yeah. We're all into this hype. I want to be good. Right. And we read all these books. We see all these YouTube uh, videos. And but it doesn't tell you what, what quote-unquote, better and growth looks yeah, like and or it's feels only, like. It's only for one specific personality yeah. type. Yeah. And then other people are like, oh, I don't even know how to get there. Like, right. It's not working for me. <laughs> right. And I think like, that's what I really like about Enneagram more than like the, there's the, oh, there's so many different types of personality shit out there. There's like strength finder. There's like the, the MBTI. There's like all of these, the Myers-Briggs, like I, it took a those in like class and plasma, but <laughs> obviously in a class, right. right. In a college introduction class or some shit yeah. like that yeah so like the thing that it that that's okay about those it tells you where you're at now like oh yeah this is who I am this is my MBTI number I'm a ENFJ element of PQRS all those letters but like what am I supposed to do with that information mm-hmm. cool but like the thing I like about Enneagram is it tells you who you are you read on it it tells you how you got that way and it's oftentimes like I said rooted in childhood trauma and you're and then it tells you where you go in growth, and then it also tells you where you go in stress. So you can, if you're working on yourself, you can start to acknowledge those moments of like, oh, this is how I'm, to remove yourself, like, this is how I'm acting when I'm stressed. Mm-hmm. Oh, I see this. Or like, oh, look at me, I'm actually opening up, and I'm acting like this in growth. And like, that's really helpful to to be able to, in your growth process, to be able to go, oh, this is where I'm going to growth. Oh, this is where I'm going to stress. Like, it's just helpful. So what would you say to those people that, because I know a lot of people aren't into horoscopes or being identified as a personal, as a, as a certain like personality type. Right. Some people just don't believe in those test things, you know? Yeah. So what, what would you say to those people? Like not, so it's funny because like, I've noticed a pattern that there's certain personalities who actually don't want to be personality typed. They're like, no, I'm, I'm different. And you're like, well, are you though? (laughs) Are you different though? Like, like I'm seeing, like, actually you're pushing, for example, I'll use an example. 
Um, Enneagram 2, which is the helper. Uh-huh. I've had at least three different experiences with three separate people. And not that this is a big data number collected. Like, three is not a lot. Like, mm-hmm. it's not like I'm talking about thousands of people that I've experienced this with. That's three. Three. Three <laughs> people. Um, but each one of those people, when they found out that I were two, they were actually really sad. Because, yes, they're identified as the helper, but on the shadow side of that and that childhood trauma that comes along with it is, like, the reason why this individual is a two is because at some point in their childhood, they realize, like, the only way I'll get a love, they'll get, that I will get love and attention is through being helpful in my family and being that person who's always helping Mm -hmm. and so at some point when they grow up they realize like oh this is how I can get friends this is how I can get relationships and it becomes almost manipulative Uh so the shadow side of it too is manipulation and so that's really hard to hear that you're like you have all this long resume of all these ways you've helped all these different things and people But the real reason, like, the underlying reason is because you needed love and that's martyrdom and manipulation. Like, that's really hard to hear. Yeah. So there's people who are like, no, that's not me. No, I don't fall into any of them. Yeah, they're just in denial of their self-awareness. They don't like to be called out on further shit. A lot of people don't like that. And it's not negative in a way. It's just a survival tactic when you're a kid. And you're realizing, like, in your home, like, the only way my mom actually, you know, loves me is when I do the dishes. Mm -hmm. You come from a Latina household. Yeah. Oh, my God. Like, I was cooking dinner and doing my own laundry and doing the dishes. Like, when my friends were outside and playing. And because I was taught at a very young age, like, this is how you show love in this family is by, is by, I don't know being helpful and not a burden yeah oh yeah definitely mine was more like you have to try you have to do this you have to honor my sacrifice I sacrificed my life for Mm. you you need to bring me forward you need to do good for yourself I didn't cross the border to bring you here for you to fuck up but it's like dude like trying to figure myself out like I'm not fucking up like I'm just yeah I'm trying to figure who I am and what I'm trying to do and I'm not going to do that by perfection you know and it's interesting now that your your personality type is one which is perfectionist yeah because it was molded that way yeah it needed to be perfect Mm -hmm. like you need to do good you can't I feel like if I don't do things right like I'm disappointing my parents and I'm disappointing myself so yeah I think a lot of like how you said these enneagrams have a lot to do with your childhood trauma or experiences So, so, like, in your growth as a one, like I mentioned, you go to seven. Yeah. Right? So, you go to, like, this kind of carefree, let go, not, doesn't have to be perfect, and this is your growth. Yeah. In your type of, do you, boo-boo. Yeah, completely. <laughs> in your stress, though, it's totally different. In your stress, you're going to a four, mm-hmm. which is, like, really pulling into yourself, like, very, um, you can look at it. You're you're focusing on, um, yeah, it's the individualist. individualist. No one understands. No one gets it. I'm the only one. Yeah, I'm the only one who's ever experienced this. That is so mean. Yeah, but that's where you go on your stress of like, 
when you're not the best version of yourself, you're like, oh, nobody gets it. Nobody understands. I've never been through this before. I'm the only one who's had this done or ever had this experience. And um, it's, it's, is it more like a, the you self-pity yourself? Yeah, in a way. Yeah. yeah, you're you're really focused on you and not necessarily how you fit in the bigger picture. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Does that make sense? Yeah, definitely. So as an eight. Which that's what you are, right? Yeah. Let's tell them again. What, what <clears throat> the are. challenger. So um, I think, so my childhood wound as a challenger is all about at very young age, I realized like, and I can remember, it's funny that now as an adult, I look back, I can remember there was a point in my life where, and as a kid, mm-hmm. where I realized like, oh shit, like I cannot rely on anybody. Yeah. Like there, like as a kid being very aware of like the only person who's going to take care of me is me. That's deep. Like I can like easily maybe even in high school remembering that like, oh yeah, nobody's going to take care of me, but me. See, that's hard though. Like you're a kid, like no kid should have to feel that way. But let's be real. A lot of kids feel that way nowadays, Mm -hmm. especially the ones that grow up in tough childhoods, you know? Yeah. So like the reason why I'm an eight and the reason why you're one is because of like the childhood wounds. So like I realized like no one's going to take care of me. Nobody's going to take care of my emotional needs. Nobody is going to take care of my physical needs unless I advocate for myself. Mm-hmm. Um, and then the people that are around me, I can't trust them to follow through on their promises. Yeah. So like I have to be my own advocate. And I, I just remember learning that at a very very young age so this is why here I am all these years later I'm an eight who who is like it appears confident right like the outside is here appears confidence but like deep down inside it's like a wounded child of like a child who like did not have their needs met by the adults around them yeah so that is why like I'm an eight and in my growth, I move towards two, which is, is being the helper, which is I'm allowing um, myself to like be more vulnerable, to be, to open my heart, to be more empathetic, Mm -hmm. to be more open, to be more um, compassionate and generous and less um, like, I'm just like, I can actually like feel it. Like my heart opens. Yeah. As opposed to like my heart is closing. So I feel like just I feel more open. I don't know how to any way to explain that. That sounds weird. So how would you be comfortable enough to share an example from your childhood that helped you realize when you saw these results for those people that are like, no, that's not me, you know? Mm -hmm. What would be a good example for you to that you thought, okay, I'm an eight because of yada yada. Oh, oh. This is going to get deep. Like, it's going to get into, like, childhood molestation. Oh, my God. That's very deep. Well, (laughs) if you're comfortable sharing. I don't know if I'm comfortable sharing that, to be honest. So that's just the topic. That's just the area that you were like, okay. Um, I think I could share, like, one story that... You don't have to get into detail, but, you know, just... That's definitely out of your control and yeah. people did not meet your safety needs. So that was an example for you to realize that you're an eight. Yeah. So let's see if we can figure out how to say this. Can you reframe the question and I can answer it? Yeah. Um, 
Jade, for those people that don't agree with personality types, you know, um, can you refrain to a moment in your childhood where you were like, this is why I'm an eight and this is why I agree. Like how you connected the eight to who you are today. How did you do that? Because some people just, they're in denial and I think having an example to how to connect to that would really be helpful to those people. So how does an eight relate to you today? Right. And how do you agree with that? So like, like as an adult now, looking back, like knowing the, the reasons why I became an eight, like, which is the challenger, which is the challenger, which is based off of like some childhood wounds is like, so this is trigger warning. Okay. Trigger for folks that are listening. Um, just a heads up. So there were moments in my childhood where definitely was not safe around, um, adults physically. Mm -hmm. Um, and that could be, well, it was sexually like, and it wasn't, here's the thing. I even even say sexually because I was a child. There was no sexual, like, right. Like there were adults that were not safe to be around as a child that I was placed around. Um, and so there was a very young age that I realized I can't trust adults. I also don't know if the adults who I do trust, like your parents or your, or your family are goals. Yeah. Are trustworthy enough to, to put me in safe positions. Yeah. Because family, And I don't even want to say family because it wasn't my uncles or my cousins or anything like that. It was my mother putting me in situations that I was not safe in around men that I was not safe around as a child. So realizing that at a young age, like my, I have no control over where I'm going because I'm getting in the car. Yeah. Um, I have no control of where I'm staying because I'm there with my mother. I have no control around who she's bringing me around right? Like all those things, the only person who can protect me is myself. Yeah. So now as an adult, I totally understand why like I'm an eight. Mm -hmm. Um, And it's not in a negative way. It's more of like, I was very self-reliant at a young age. Mm -hmm. And now here I am all these years later, still working on how do you move yourself out of this trauma towards trusting other people around you. And when you when you realize that reading off the enneagrams, like what feelings were brought to you? It was like aha. I wasn't sad. Like there's folks who I feel like are really sad, like or they fight up against it. Like that's not me, or I'm not like that, or that's a stereotype. No, I was like, oh no, that's me. I see me. And yeah. yeah, look at all those feelings that like I was always okay getting in touch with my anger, like and sense of injustice, and I was always like that person who, and we've talked about this, like who stood up and was like, that's not okay. And looked out for the underdog in situations because I myself was one in some way. And that made sense. Yeah. So like, I was like, yeah, that's me. And now I feel like real proud of the fact that like, look at how I survived and look how the person I became, the woman I became. Yeah. So what would you say, like what kind of advice would you give to those people that are, wanting to get into Enneagrams or look into it or just maybe a little hesitant in denial of what they're going to, results are going to get. Read it. I think, so I was really privileged and we talked about this part of my, that T group class was led by Beatrice Chestnut and she is, um, she's actually one of the leading Enneagram writers. 
out there and she has a couple of different organizations where she does leadership classes on Enneagram and self-awareness. So her name's Beatrice Chestnut and she has um, an Instagram. She also has, like I said, she goes to work businesses internationally and does leadership things um, as well as she just does a lot. She's just a leading authority in it. So read some of her books. She has the nine types of leadership um, mastering the art of people in the 21st century workplace. So this is like how your Enneagram shows up at work. And if you are leading anybody who has a different personality type, tapping into um, what makes them tick as well as what makes yourself tick. And then she has another book called the complete Enneagram 27 paths to greater self-knowledge. Um, and both of these have been really helpful about learning about myself. Uh-huh. It's also been really helpful about like learning about some of the employees I have because I'm like, oh, that person's of this and they're doing this because they feel this. Yeah. Not a, oh, she's so frustrating because she always does this. It's like, no, she must feel stressed about something. So how do I relate that stress? Yeah. I think that's very good to keep in mind if you're one of the people that are wanting to get into personal development, Mm -hmm. you know, and Mm -hmm. how to start from where you are as a person. I think an Enneagram would be a perfect starting point for you if you want to grow and actually make it work for you yeah and we shared some books that you can reach out to or you can look at in order to learn more there's a ton of stuff on the internet as well um about enneagrams and enneagram tests so we'll start posting links to tests as well as um some enneagram content on our instagram page um and I think that's everything. Did I miss anything, Saga? No, I think you talk, you covered everything. That was a very interesting topic, uh, Jade. Sorry, conversation. <laughs> <laughs> that was that was a very interesting conversation, Jade. Thank you for sharing. Yeah. I think this is a very good starting point for people who are into self growth, self growth, personal development, yeah. self help. Where to start? Because where to start? Due to well, how do you say it? Where to start? To fit your personality type. Mm, mm-hmm. And, like, for me, it was really helpful in figuring out, like, how I how I show up as a leader and, like, how I can show up better. Mm-hmm. And um, if folks are interested in their own leadership, maybe they're a manager somewhere or they have a team or they are a CEO or whatever. Um, and you want to work on your own self-development and you want to start working on your team self-development too it's a good way to start a good place to start with enneagrams yeah definitely i definitely agree i think that's really good really good tool to use yeah thanks that was my passion that's all i got right now (laughs) honestly this i mean jade's passion has because it uh it touches a lot of different personalities it's a deeper conversation to have which we will touch more on like yeah different episodes maybe one episode we'll talk about Type ones, type twos, you know, solely just explain on that specific personality type, Mm -hmm. you know, and we'll probably like encourage you guys to take a test so that way we can cover some of the things. So you know what the heck we're talking about too. Yeah, like like, we want you guys to. Well, do it if you're comfortable. Take the test. Let us let us know what you scored. So yeah, I'm actually really curious. Yeah, like we want to know like what kind of like enneagram type you are. I sent it. I sent all the links to my family. Yeah. And it was really curious to like my, one of my, well, one of my theos is a seven. My cousin's a nine. My other theo was a two. And in kind of very typical two fashion, he was like, I'm not a two. Cause it made him really, really uncomfortable. My mom's a five. My other dad, like it went through, through like the whole family. It was very interesting to learn. Yeah. 
to see where like who they are and then how can I communicate and how can I show up for them yeah. in a different way. Now I know that like my uncle is a seven. He's not flighty. He just has a lot of great ideas. Yeah. You know, like my other uncle is a two. Like he isn't, you know, he's not sensitive. He just has a big heart. And like, yeah. how do I meet him so he doesn't feel like disheartened? And like, yeah. so it's it's been really helpful just figuring out like family and work and then just myself. That's why I like Enneagrams. Yeah. I, and I, I definitely, this will really help us figure out our followers, who you are and how we can help you achieve what you want to achieve or get to where you want to get to like mm-hmm. this is basically what our podcast is about just touching i think it's, i want to say it's like a holistic podcast i'm hello into holistic I'm into ish holistic ish but i feel like our podcast touches a variety of holistic areas in a way yeah we're talking about dv we're talking about personalities mm-hmm. we're talking about personal growth we're talking about our community we're yeah. talking about the whole shenanigans here dude yeah we're talking about just being a fucking woman. Yeah, like when you when it comes to being a woman, there's a lot of shit. Just to, it doesn't yeah. have to do with your mascara, your eyeshadow, your yeah. it has to do with the whole thing. Yeah. <laughs> we got in some deep shit today. Yeah. I appreciate you. Thank you. I appreciate you too. Thanks. Jake. Also, it's not because we're drunk guys. <laughs> <laughs> We've had a few little uh, martinis here and there. <laughs> <laughs> All right. We're gonna leave you. Thank you so much, and we will see, see you next Tuesday. Tuesday. Wait, we didn't ask him if they want to ask questions, remember? Oh, okay. So, so you said, wait, were we here? Oh, I appreciate you. I appreciate you, too. Okay. Yeah. Um, and we also appreciate you guys, too. Like, thank you for listening to us. If you have been with us since the first episode, this is episode three. Mm-hmm. You are our amiga. <laughs> <laughs> you are the amiga. We, like, we appreciate you. And we hope that you stay on with us through the whole ride. Um, so on episode three, we want to open the floor for you guys. Ask episode this question. Four, episode four. <laughs> Cut. <laughs> Beep. <laughs> uh, okay. Three, two, one, and go. So on episode three, we want to open. Four. <laughs> so episode four. Three, two, one, go. On episode four. On episode four. Sarah's drunk. Ignore her. (laughs) On episode four, we're going to be asking you, um, we're going to recap some things we chatted about, as well as we want to ask you to ask us questions on Instagram. Is that right? Yeah. Ask us questions about what you heard on episode two and three. So we can talk about it on episode four. See about that. Right. We want to hear about you guys. Like we want to know what your thoughts are have any questions for us what you think any feedback we're open to it also maybe you want us to go deeper into some topics like because this is only 30 minutes yeah and maybe you want to talk about like things a little bit more and longer and we're totally open to having that but we We want to hear it we We don't know if you don't tell us so tell us talk to us talk to us amigas let us know what's up (laughs) and we will See you you next Tuesday. See you next Tuesday, amigas. Hasta la vista. (laughs) Peace out. Amigas con ganas, we out.